This week, we discussed the loneliness of parenting, the importance of husbands cheering on their wives, and what to do when your son runs into a telephone pole. Well, well, welcome to the Growing Up With The Kids podcast. <laughs> hey. I'm David. I'm Rachel. How are you? I'm good. That's a new intro. Yeah, you like that one? I like I it. I spent like hours just thinking about it. I feel prepping. like it might have taken 30 seconds, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth about that much. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. So, um... I'm kind of covered in grease because I had to fix a bike chain. And yeah, look at you, manly man. Yeah, I don't fix things. Um, and two kids got injured while we were riding bikes <laughs> in circles in a parking lot. So not a great night so far. Uh, that's okay. You tried hard. <laughs> Did I, though? <laughs> David, that's like Unclear. a day in my life. I feel like I plan these like really cool things for our kids to do and then they suck because someone like falls down or breaks an arm you know small things someone was injured before i even joined them and then someone someone rode their bike into the street and just like fell off you know what he did oh yeah what it was a race and so he was supposed to tag like a uh electric pole or whatever you call that um Uh And so he went to put his arm out while he's sprinting in his bike. And he's like, and so it knocked me backwards. Like, yeah, that's what happens. Because it's cemented into the ground. Yeah, he tried to like hug the pole while he was biking at 15 miles an hour. We can't start on physical comedy. I great yeah, visual. you're visualizing it right now, aren't you? Yeah, I love that. I love video of that. I oh, know. I didn't get it. It's good. I didn't get it. So speaking of physical comedy <laughs> of sorts, it was more of a uh, tragedy. Yeah. We're going to talk about the loneliness of having small kids. Oh, man. Yeah. We and are. one of the stories you reminded me of was very physical in nature, but not funny. Not funny. And, and I, <laughs> I feel like it's all appropriate for you to tell it. Yeah. Or at least you're half of it. <laughs> I really... Kid, get out of my head. Kid wrapping his arm around a pole. I'm getting yeah. there. Right. So, okay, the, this is a funny story, too. So we had we had our first son, um, and we had, like, a, a kitchen with, like, a bar area. And um, my first son, like, I think he just sucked the life out of me. Like, literally. literally, like, I ended up getting mastitis, which is a boob injury, really. Um mm-hmm. It's like an infection, right? Yeah, so it's and a it breast hurts infection. A ton. Yes, like maddening hurt. I've yeah. never felt anything like it. I would, I would give birth a couple times and, before and that. It's been a while, but wasn't like part of the deal. He still had to feed, or even feeding was like what cleared it up. Yes. but it was just like really painful. Yeah, like you had to like clear the ducts. This is so much information. I feel bad for yeah. people who are listening, but I mean, I'm not going to mince words. It was awful. So. Yeah. Had it in both breasts, was miserable. And so, yeah, like, keep feeding, they said, and, like, try to keep producing milk and blah, blah, blah. Like, the stress of producing milk is, Mm -hmm. like, terrible. Anyway, so I am trying to, like, soothe my body, and I fill up two bowls with warm water. Right. And I'm soaking. This is, like, a normal remedy for clearing it out. Well, I don't know that normal... 
No, I mean, it was recommended so by the doctor, said, right? Well, they said, they said put heat on it. To like, oh, really? But and you just decided I to do thought, water? I thought that filling up a couple bowls with warm water would do it. Because, I mean, it's like the right size, right? Yeah. So I'm standing there, like, hanging over these bowls, like, soaking myself in them. And I'm mortified. Like, it's awful. Mm-hmm. And you are eating a salad. And all of a sudden, you start choking and, like, freaking out. And uh, I knew you were going to be fine. But you I was freaked out. I was convinced that a garbanzo bean, <laughs> it was uh, some sort of bean, had gone down into my lungs, yeah, you like were... down the wrong tube, <laughs> and I was going to die you were like of an infection. freaking out. You were like drama central when I was standing there with my shirt you've off, just, like soaking you've my just boobs in grown water. a 10-pound baby <laughs> and pushed him out of your body Seriously? and then fed him for like two weeks, and I'm mad because <laughs> my throat hurts. Bean in your throat. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is—it is not the time. You were so angry. I was angry. It's but. funny in general. Like you get so tired, yeah. And the whole experience in the hospital, like the whole thing, is just—it's funny. Like I remember you, the doctors you know. or the nurses, I guess, were like concerned about me because I didn't change my clothes the whole time. <laughs> we were there for three days. They're like, is he depressed? Like, is he gonna be okay? <laughs> You're like, no, nope, he just really likes that sweatshirt. <laughs> Yeah, and it had, like, schmutz and drool, like, all kinds of stuff all over it. And the baby got some stuff on there, too. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Funny. That was a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. And you made it worse. I know. So, Um, anyway, so that the point of that story is that uh, being a new parent is, like, crazy hard. Because you think, like, I think what we thought when we were going into it was, that we had read, we read some books. Like mm-hmm. I read books about labor and delivery, and nothing beyond that. Like I don't yeah. know what I thought. Like just you spend a lot with your first child. You spend a lot of time, yeah, talking about what uh, fruit or vegetable he's he or she is shaped as. Yes. Like it's an avocado, it's a pea, it's whatever. Yeah, and all that like prepping. And I do remember. I remember sitting in the hospital. Because um, we had a planned C-section uh, when it went down, yeah. uh, we had to have that because it was getting too big and wasn't coming out. Yeah. Um, and I remember we spent the night the night before, and I had this sense of like, oh, this will all be over tomorrow. Like we've yeah. been doing this thing for nine months, and that was a ton of work. We had a planned <laughs> induction, and we thought, yeah, this will totally be like by yeah. noon tomorrow. We'll be done. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Just like complete idiot. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was a long, that's a long road. Yeah. So what we wanted to talk about in general is that having small kids, babies, and even really like toddlers, it's just really lonely. Yeah. And maybe the, so far for us, it's been, it was the loneliest time of parenting. Yeah. I'm curious like what teenage years will bring. Like I, I think we should podcast that about that another time, maybe a little further down the road when we know what teenagers are like. Right. But, um. To this date, I think that, like, I guess one of the hardest things was that I had expectations that all of a sudden, like, I would have a baby and I would know what to do, and mm-hmm. then I'd be fine and I'd just keep living my life. Um, but that that's not how it went down. That's not how it worked. No, life changed a little bit. A lot, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really know what I was doing at all. There was, like... I mean, I remember standing mm-hmm. in our kitchen one night when our oldest son was, like, screaming his brains out, and you were holding him, and you looked at me, and you were like, 
you should take him. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't even think I wanted you to take him. I just wanted you to tell me what to do. Right, but I, I thought, had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, yeah, not everybody's different, but you had sort of had a sense most of your life that you remember that you wanted to be a mom. Like yeah. You were, and yeah. so I think because you wanted to be a mom, I just assumed you knew how to be a mom. Right. Like, but no one knows how to be a mom or a dad. Right. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, you know, where's the instruction manual? Like, what am I supposed to yeah, do? Like, and you're just like, I don't know. He cries all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 there's no magic way to get him to stop. It was like the, um, what is that movie? My Three Dads or something. Uh, three something. Anyway, these three men are trying to raise this little girl. Yeah, three men and a baby. There it is. And they, they Tom Selleck. There are like so three good. of them trying to change a diaper. Like, and they hold mm-hmm. the baby out, sort of yeah. like, what do we do with this foreign object? That's how that felt. Yes. And we had no clue. We just stared at him. Yes. While he screamed. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about why it's lonely. But if we do that, before we do that, I just want to kind of be really clear for our <laughs> sanity and for anyone who's listening, sanity. Like, it is lonely. Like, that is just a fact. Yeah. You, you are not crazy if you feel lonely in that stage. Um, you know, you're not alone in that feeling. Like, I think on some level, everybody feels lonely um, because this baby, this huge thing has just been dropped into your life. And there's a ton of doubt and there's a ton of worry and there's a ton of lack of sleep and all those things. Yeah. And absolutely. so just, like, stating that as a fact, like, this is hard and this is really lonely and that's normal. Yeah. Don't fight it. This is hard. Just yeah. face it. Like, you are in some hard years. Yes. And be encouraged because most people survive it. And, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Most people survive it without a hitch. There yeah. was one month of May we went to the emergency room too many times and they started wondering about us. But Yeah. Because they fine. kept, um, well, because our second thought he was as old as the oldest. And so he would try to do the same thing. So or he would just like bang his head. He thought he was Spider-Man. It's hard yeah. to say. Yeah. Anyway. So a few things of why it was lonely. I think one is just like it's physically limiting. Um, like you have cabin fever. Like even I, you were home and, you know, some people have different arrangements. But I was going to work. But it just felt like I felt like my time was now infringed. I had to go to work and get back. And then when I got back, like I couldn't go anywhere because there was this kid to take care of. And yes. then you're with the kid all day. I'm just going to call it the kid. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And it just feels like you're, you know, like you can't go outside or when you can, you have to be back in time to nap or feed or do or all these like things. It's such a big deal to go anywhere because you have to like yeah. strap the kid in. You have to get the stroller out. You need to get the yeah. blankets. You have to get a diaper. You have to get formula or you have to get your bottles. Like there's all this to do to just exit the house that sometimes I just felt like it's really not worth it. Yeah. You know? I Side note, the moment I knew that this parenting thing was going to be okay <laughs> was when... Uh, there was a moment that you had yeah, found? W- was when you went out and uh, bought me a backpack so that I didn't have to carry a diaper bag. <laughs> and it had like a ton of pockets and it fit all the diaper yes. stuff and everything, but it was just a backpack. Yeah, so you could that's, be more of a man. That's right. With a child. And then the other <laughs> physical thing that we've mentioned is you just, you're not sleeping. And so you're exhausted. Right. And so everything feels worse because yeah. you're tired all the time. And I had these images like, and I even, I mean, it's been, we've had enough distance where I have two friends, good friends who just had babies. And I'm looking at them longingly thinking, oh my gosh, 
you can take that baby wherever you want and you can just go stroll around the neighborhood and look mm-hmm. cute the whole time. Like that baby doesn't really need much more than just sleeping, eating and pooping. Do you feel like you do not look cute when you carry our uh, 12-year-old around <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood? I don't <laughs> Which know. Which is great because he's just as tall he, as you. Like, so that visual is like too much. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward, but... Um, so you're saying you ha- you have enough distance to feel that, but is that true? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Because I remember one walking after you have just had this baby, like mm-hmm. just felt bad. I mean, for physical reasons. Right. Um, and once there's enough distance, it's sort of like this sweet moment where you're walking your baby and they're sleeping and like everything's fine and you're kind of like smiling at neighbors. Mm-hmm. But, um, that baby will cry or poop or need to eat. And then you're like in the middle of a park and you have to pull out those stupid like cover-ups that never cover anything up. Like I just remember thinking, I just want to go home. I don't want Mm -hmm. to walk. I don't want to like, I just need to be at home on my couch. Right. Like sitting with this kid and trying my best. Yeah. It's sort of hopeless. Yeah. (laughs) It's not totally hopeless. I think that there are a lot of women. It feels it hopeless feels hopeless, in the but moment. but I think that one of the harder and weirdest things is that when you go to a playground and you see another mom who actually is engaged and cute and like loving mm-hmm. what they're doing, man, you feel like crap, and that makes you want to go home too. You just want to stay home. Yeah, I think the comparison is one of the hardest parts of young kids, and it's still true that there's a lot of comparison in the right way, but. The judgmentalism, whatever, ju- judgmentality. It's called judgment. The judgment. Yeah, it's just so much greater around things like organic food and screen time before you're right. two and all these things that really apply to small children. And they're like humble brags. They're not like, well, here's what we're doing or here are the rules. Yeah. Like, we were in the park. Or, or they're either humble brags or they're very clearly looking down their nose at you. right. And right. that's really discouraging. Yes. Because you're, you're doubting yourself already. You're trying to do everything right. You may have made decisions to do some of those things, or you may decide not to, or you, whatever. But, you know, you'll never be perfect at it. And there's always someone who has a rule that you're not following. And just really is isolating. And when, well, and when you're exhausted and you may be dealing with postpartum depression, man, like that'll wreck a girl. Like, yeah. or if you've just gone back to work and mm-hmm. someone looks down their nose at you for going back to work, like, come right. on. Well, and that's the other side of the expectations. There's external expectations and then there's internal expectations. And I think there's an expectation to be the perfect mom, which is probably even more challenging than the idea of being the perfect dad. Hmm. Um, and so whether you're a mom who works full-time, part-time, or is home full-time, there's always this sense of like, oh, I should be doing something different or doing more or spending more time with my child or grinding my own weeds or wh- whatever it is yeah. that you're not doing that someone else you know is doing or some blog has told you to do or right. whatever. Well, do, do you think that that is also present w- among dads? Uh, much lower degree. There, there's a sense, I, I, I haven't really thought through this, uh, and I always say that whenever I'm worried that I'm going to misspeak. <laughs> so, um, it's all right. But uh, there is some, something tied up 
uh, more closely with moms, on average, identities yeah. around a lot of those things about, like, the food your kid eats, um, you know, how well they sleep, uh, whether or not they watch screen time or not. Um, and so I, th- I feel like I know some men who, like, it's a really big deal to yeah. um, and either are judgmental or have felt really judged. But I don't, I think it, you know, times have changed a lot, but they also have stayed very much the same, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, yeah, like I, I never, um, f- I, I feel pressure internally, and I feel pressure sometimes from you because of the decisions we've made, and, and I'm trying to live up to those commitments. My but job. I never, I never feel like from anyone at work or even any of my friends, like, oh, you should spend more time with your kids. Right. Like, I want to spend time with my kids. So it's not that, that's not the thing. But there's n- there's never that where I think that women get that messaging um, intentionally or unintentionally a lot more often. Like, oh, well, if you were a better mother, you'd do da 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 So I do think right. it's harder. And I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I think that's why it's so important for husbands to be really engaged with what's going on. Not... I don't mean that, like, be a good father. Like, that's important, too, and be engaged with the baby. But, like, being engaged with what your wife is going through. Because right. it is so different. And you mentioned the physicality of it. Like, I remember both with all three of our kids, um, when they were really little, I would go on these long walks. And 80% of it was to just get them out of the house and so you could rest or do something around the house or whatever, right? right? Or just, like, sit alone yeah um, and when yeah. you described your walk situation like I didn't have to worry about my uterus or my legs being sore or you know like <laughs> right or like your boobs leaking all over the purple shirt I mean that happens <laughs> <laughs> no I just spill stuff on me so like recognizing that that whole experience of giving birth is really different for you and is f- physically taxing yeah and but then I think the the experience of being a mom is taxing and burdensome um, and probably joyful in ways that I don't understand. And so it was really important in my better moments to really lean into that and to be present with you and pursue, um, you know, how are you feeling? Why? What's going on? And not, again, not trying to filter that through my, oh, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, it doesn't matter if it makes sense to me. Right. It's what you're experiencing. And, you know, A, it's valid. And B, if you've just given birth, like you're going through all these hormones, and C, you're not sleeping as much. So these things that are valid feelings also feel much bigger because of everything that's going on in your mind and your body. And as a husband um, who doesn't have to deal with the hormone piece, I did deal with some of the sleeping stuff, although you got up more often than I did, um, you know, to engage with that and be like, okay, like these are real feelings that she's having, and it is good to sit with her in that and just, you know, yeah. hold her hand or weep with her or try to laugh with her or whatever it is. Yeah. I, man, I, I think that like from a female, like from the wife's perspective, like, um, like I think the greatest gift you can give your husband or your boyfriend or whoever is to say, Hey, I don't need you to fix me. And I just mm-hmm. need you to listen to me in the next statement I make and then say it out loud. Like say, I'm lonely. I feel bad. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but if you can give him a heads up that, like, um, like let him know how he might be able to respond, you're going to save yourself a lot of fights. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And I think from the male perspective, we generally want to fix things. 
And I know I don't like being blamed for things. And there's sort of this running joke in pop culture and in TV shows when they have characters who give birth and the wife is like, you did this to me. Right. And so I think there, like, there was an undertone in, my, in, my, in the back of my mind of like whenever you were upset or really lonely or angry or you're in pain yeah. <laughs> because you're feeding a child – that in some level you were like, David, you did this to me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Which, I mean, technically. But I'm that's not what you meant. And like, it's much better if I'm just like, this is where we are. We both want to be here. Yeah. And it is hard. And I can enter into that and not worry about whether she's blaming me. Yeah. And just be present with you. Yeah. I think that's why like, we are doing this podcast is to say out loud, like, hey, this is hard, raising these young kids, giving birth, like the whole like before five time frame, like ages zero to five. I mean, it's just, it's really physically taxing, mm-hmm. um, but hang in there. It does get better. Yes. And we use this phrase a lot, being on each other's team, because it's often what we fight about is like one of us doesn't feel like the other one is on our team. Right. It's the way we would describe it. And then, so I think this is such a critical time to be on each other's team. Um, and, in fact, that was the one thing or is the one thing maybe I missed from that stage was there was this sense of, like, it was us versus the world. Like, you uh-huh. and I were trying to keep this one child or these two child, children or these three children alive. Yeah. And they're at a stage where, um, you know, for us at least, they weren't, like, going to school or going out or anything like that. So it was, like, this very contained world. And I would go to work and that was important. But when I came home, I was like, this is, everything else could go away. And all I need to do is to keep these people alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I need yeah. to make sure that you are fed and that this kid or these kids are fed. And there was something kind of exciting about that. And there was something that really, like, focused me a little bit on, mm-hmm. like, this is what really matters. Whereas now, sometimes I feel like it's us against the world and us trying to raise these boys. But I also feel like, they're on soccer teams and in school and at church and doing this and that. And so, like, it's not just us holed up in a room very often. Yeah. Right? Except for when we all got the flu that one time. Oh, my gosh. A year and a half ago. Just, like, around. <laughs> for five straight days. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know where this fits, but one of the stories we always love to talk about is when um, our oldest just would not go to sleep. He would wake up and just cry and cry. And so uh, yeah, to I be on each other's team yeah. was to just sit. We had this little house, didn't even have a front porch. It had a front stoop. We sat on the front stoop and drank beer at 2 in the morning. Yeah. And just like, I don't Waited even know what we talked out. about. You, we could still hear him, but we couldn't hear him as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that was enough. And we were in it together. Like, that was the main thing. Like, having a spouse or a partner who's in it with you, man. Like, if you don't have a spouse or a partner, find a, a good friend who will drink wine with you and, and yeah. complain. Like, I remember yeah. a good friend of Or if you don't want to drink alcohol when you're breastfeeding, which is totally cool, yeah, that's like, too. drink seltzer <laughs> or whatever. But I remember, but. like, distinctly having one friend who, like, we would call each other in the middle of the day after having two kids and be like, hey, what are you doing? And she'd say, nothing, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I could use a glass of wine. Like, do you want to yeah. drink with me over the phone? Because, like, we couldn't You couldn't leave, leave the, house, the house, but you could talk. Right. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm curious, like, I think it would be really good um, because of our lifestyle, like the way that you and I have arranged our life, like we're relatively traditional where you work and I stay home Mm -hmm. for the majority of the time. And then I do a lot of volunteer stuff or like 
parts out of stuff, but my primary job is to take care of our kids. I'm curious to hear from other people, like, what it's like, what kind of pressures they're dealing with when they're going to work, like... If both um, parents work, or if the mom, the wife the works wife and the works. husband's home. Yeah, like, just different experiences outside mm -hmm. of our own would be helpful to hear. I'd like yeah. to interview someone. Yeah. You should get on that. Yeah, I'll make a call. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that's the biggest thing is being together on the same team, husbands really pursuing understanding what their wife is going through in that time because it's so unique and it is so difficult and it's n nothing you can prepare for. Right. Um, and then I, I do think the other piece is you touched on this, having a good community and community that offers hope and grace, mm -hmm. not judgment or negativity. Man, run like crazy away from those moms who look down their nose at you. Yeah, and don't don't follow them on Instagram. No. Don't give Just a crap about what they say on Twitter. Guard yourself but, from yeah. that. Like that's, you do not have to live up to that. No, you are a good mom. Like that's what I wish someone would have like reiterated. I, I, my mom did, I think, tell me over and over, like you're doing a good job just the way you are. Mm -hmm. Just keep it up, you know? Like, yeah. but get... Listen to those voices. The other thing I, I wish someone would have said when we had little kids, and I hope that we end on this, like, just, like, it's not all serious. Like, if they happen to eat a non-organic vegetable, like, that's okay. Right. <laughs> if they happen to forget to wear underpants and then climb a fence and their booty hangs out and you're standing right there along mm -hmm. with a ton of other people. Or they pee off the back porch in front of people. Because right. they're potty training. Like, and that's as close as they could get. about it. You know, like, mm -hmm. just, I mean, they are delightful and they, they're joyful. And so I would say, man, don't forget to laugh at them. Yes. And with them, but that's yeah, yeah. fine, too. Right. Because <laughs> they're, like, they're nuts. They're funny. Yeah, they're really funny. They are. Like, they freak out at crazy things. Yeah. And I think the other thing is to find people who are done. Like, it's great to have and really important to have people who are in that in the trenches with you. Yeah. Who are going through the same experience because you can complain together and, you know, laugh together and cry together. Um, but it's also helpful to have... Uh, a friend or two who's on the other side, whose kids yes. are a little bit older, um, who can say, yeah, I remember that, and it was hard, and it gets better. Yeah. And, you know, And for those older parents who have, like, teenagers or preteens or whatever who are speaking into those young moms' lives, yeah. man, don't tell them what to do. Just yeah. say, you're Just doing great. You are on. great. Just the way you are. No, your belly's not hanging over the front of your belt. You're fine. You look great. Well, my belly is hanging over the belt, <laughs> but it has nothing no, to do with not, kids. You're a tall, thin man who has to like run around the shower to get wet. Uh, the last thing I would say is just have grace on yourself yeah. and on your spouse. Yes, totally so, agree. With that, with that, let's transition to stat of the week, Rachel. Yes, I can't wait. What you got? Our stat of the week actually comes from an article from the New York Times about the modern parenting. Uh -huh. uh, there'll be a link in our show notes if you want to check it out. It's a great long article about the relentlessness of modern parenting. So the whole idea is just about how in our modern age we have much higher expectations for ourselves in parenting in terms of how involved we are, how much time we spend on it, how much time we spend with our kids. Isn't that a relief to hear? I feel like I'm crazy with how much time mm -hmm. they suck up. And I thought, my parents never did this. 
<laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm always curious. We should talk to our parents about it in this context. But I'm always curious if they felt like they wanted or should have spent t- more yes. time with us. Yeah. Or if the expectation was just totally different and they felt like good about it. I'm sure they f- had the same doubts and challenges and that we had. Sure. But it was just a very different time and culture. And then yeah. the world they grew up in. Like we have a, some good friends who are... 20 years older than us who always, you know, the, the husband always talks about like, he literally would get kicked out of his house in the morning, he and his brothers. And it was like, go play <laughs> and you cannot come back till dinner, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's just a different world. They also lived in a you know rural, different community, but yeah. still. So the stat of the week is um, how much time do you think the average, so not initially, yeah, the average, uh, time people spend sort of on activities with their children right now, doing crafts, taking them to lessons, recitals, games, homework. How much? How many? How many hours a week? A week. Let's see. It's probably gonna be lower than you think. So think like on the average across all the stages of childhood. Okay. Uh, but it's I don't know. Like, is it like six? Pretty good. Five hours. Nice. Five hours a week. Okay. And I, I don't know where they get these stats from, but... Um, and is d- that for, like, all ages? Yeah. So okay. it's all parents. So guess what it was in 1975? 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're cynical. <laughs> no. A little higher. Uh, an hour? Hour and 45 minutes. Really? So it's well, more, well over double, almost triple um, in 40 years. Does it discuss, like, the reason for that? Is it just because parents are more attentive? Instead of the or? week... Is relatively quickly researched, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I need to give you like here are appropriate questions you can ask me. Okay, okay. So <laughs> no, the answer is kidding. I don't know. The answer is <laughs> there's a lot of links in there um, to other articles, and there is a lot of explanation. But um, I think I don't know exactly why. I, I mean, why is there was this movement starting in the 80s and then through the 1990s into more of this hands-on. Um, parenting as kind of a expectation, yeah, um, and so that has led to parents spending more time um, both scheduling their kids. Like we, we've talked about this before, like kids have a lot less just free time that's totally unstructured than they did forty years sure. ago or thirty yeah. years ago when we were kids. Um, and then they also spend more time actually with their kids, either enacting those schedules or doing things with them. Um, oh. And I think that's uh, again, it's a long road of expectation and there's some science around some of this stuff around your kids doing more things the article does talk about um when you think about college education and the uh competition to get into good colleges like parents who have means time Uh and money are going to spend more and more effort and time on you know either being with their kids or getting them into tutoring and getting them you know a leg up, if you will. And there's, you know, people who are talking about getting in the right preschool and doing yeah. all, reading the right amount when they're two or three, so that, you know, their brain develops. And again, some of that is based in science, and I think some of that is based in a fear that if I don't do all this stuff, my kid might not have all the opportunities that I want them to have. Man, yeah, and I feel that. I mean, like, we should talk, we should have another podcast about the social pressures of parenting. Sounds great. It's right there. Let's do it. One of my mind. All right, Rachel, thank you for working on the farm. Hey, thanks for working on the farm, Smith. Have a great night.